Hello and welcome back to our devotions on the Psalms. Today I want to talk about working with enemies. What do we do when people, when evil people hurt us? Let's look at Psalm 140. Psalm 140. Let us pray. Father, you have your ways. Teach us, Lord, to know your ways. Teach us to depend on you we may indeed find safety and salvation from our enemies. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 140 Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who plan evil things in their heart and stir up wars continually. They make their tongue sharp as a serpent's and under their lips is the venom of ass. Guard me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have planned to trip up my feet. The arrogant have hidden a trap for me. With cords they have spread a net. Beside the way they have set snares for me. I say to the Lord, You are my God. Give ear to the voice of my pleas for help mercy, O Lord. O Lord, O Lord, the strength of my salvation. You have covered my head in the day of battle. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Do not further their evil plot, or they will be exalted. As for the head of those who surround me, let the mischief of their lips overwhelm them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into fire, into miry pits, no more to rise. Let not the slanderer be established in the land. Let evil hunt down the violent man speedily. I know that the Lord would maintain the cause of the afflicted and execute justice for the needy. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We want to first look at what the psalmist is going through. The psalmist is not just having a hard time with some misunderstanding but what he's facing are evil men, violent men, bent on destroying him. And so the situation that this psalmist is, is facing is not someone who misunderstood him or a squabble or someone who is just angry with him because he misunderstood the psalmist's intentions. But rather they are the work of evil and violent men who plan evil things in the heart. When we think of a person who is planning evil things, we are not thinking of something that just happened one time, but rather that it is pre-planned. It is not something that happened at the spur of the moment when someone got angry and lost his temper. And often we face such things, we say something that triggers off an angry response, and the person just shouts at us or does something angrily. But here we are talking about people who planned evil things against the psalmist. Verse 2 continues by saying, who stir up wars continually. You see, a fight may be between two persons, and then it's over. But when a person stirs up wars, it means that the person involves many others to hurt you. It was not just one person, one enemy against the psalmist. Rather, it was that this person then got more people involved. A war is not about two persons, but a war involves a large scale involving many. 
Verse 3 says, They make the tongue sharp as a serpent, and under their lips is a venom of us. A sharp tongue could be one that insults you, could be one that accuses you, or could be one that slanders a person. And when you have a combination of an evil plan, slander, and stirring up emotions with others, it can be a very, very deadly and painful experience. And it doesn't just happen among adults or among nations or even in office politics, although that does happen very often. I saw it happen in a primary school involving my daughter. One day, my daughter was happily with her friends. A day later, they had all turned against her. No one was speaking to her and she didn't understand why her closest friends just pushed her away. It was only about a year later that she discovered that what had happened was that one of her friends was jealous of her. And the reason we found out, she found out, was because this friend admitted to her when they made up. The friend was jealous of some of the things that she had and then slandered her to all her best friends, resulting in all the best friends turning, all her friends turning against her. It can be that deadly. I've also seen this in office politics where one person spreads lies and slander and stories against another, and very soon the entire office has turned against that person, thinking that the slander was truth. So when these things happen, it's a very painful, destructive event. It could leave you completely helpless, friendless, or even at the mercy of others and at the risk of losing your job, losing your life. But it gets worse. Verse four, verse 5, it says, The arrogant have hidden a trap for me. And so it's not just a frontal attack. They're not just going against you. A trap means that what could look safe is something dangerous. Traps are hidden dangers. At least if a per an enemy was going against you in a frontal way, you know the enemy is right in front of you. But when a trap is laid, it could be somewhere that looks extremely safe, you could be doing something that seems most normal, and then you fall into the trap and you're hurt. It also says, and with cords they have spread a net. A net implies something that is far more widespread. It is not even just one localized attack, one localized hurt. But rather when a net is is cast, it could be that you could be walking anywhere doing anything and you are just caught in that trap. They have beside the way they have set snares for me. And so the psalmist is walking on very dangerous ground. He did not cause it. His enemies plotted against him, laying traps, spreading nets that could get him caught any time. I wonder if you have been caught in such a situation where not only have your friends turned against you, you discover that the person is out to sabotage you, that whatever good you have done is sabotaged and turned to evil. And even so, they have spread the lies about you such that every good deed that you've done becomes, seems to be a bad deed. The psalmist was experiencing something extremely painful. 
Some of you may experience that too, where your enemies really go all out against you, to hurt you, to slander you, to take all your friends against you, to lay traps for you. People can be that evil. People can be that vicious. What then does the psalmist do? The psalmist first turns to God. It says in verse 6, I say to the Lord, you are my God. He sees God as sovereign and he turns to his God. This is something that we often do too little. Um, whenever we face an enemy, we either run and hide in, in depression or we fight back and plot against the enemy. But what we need to remember constantly is that the first thing that we do is to turn to God. The first response is to say to God, God, you are my God. You are the one who protects me. You are the one I turn to and I run to. The psalmist turns to God. But the second response that he does then is to say to God, God, have mercy upon me. Hear my pleas for mercy. The psalmist would have seemed to be in the right. And yet he's humble enough to say, God, please have mercy on me. Look at my plight and have mercy. Rather than turning to God and saying, God, I deserve your protection, he realizes that what he can, what he can only call out for is not an entitled defense by God, but a merciful response from his God. As we turn to our God, we turn to him humbly and say to him, God, have mercy on me. And then he says, O Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. The psalmist remembers the past. He remembers past incidents where he suffered. He was His life might have been threatened. That God protected him. God covered his head. You know, when God covers his head, it doesn't mean that he doesn't get hurt at all. He doesn't get off unscathed, but his life is spared. Sometimes when people attack us, we do get hurt. We do make losses. We do suffer. But what God does is that he covers our heads, meaning that he will not allow you to be destroyed. You may suffer pain. You may suffer losses. It may be excruciating when you're going through it. But what you can be assured of is that God will protect you and protect your life and protect your sanity, for one, and will ensure that you come out still healthy and alive. It's a promise from God. It's a plea from God as well. And one of the things then that we need to do is to recall some of the things in the past were there times when you were betrayed by someone, when you were hurt or attacked by someone, and God protected you? You know, we often think of forget when God has helped us. Sometimes it's important to write a journal. Sometimes it's important to share testimonies because these are what reminds us that God has been the strength of our salvation, that God has covered our heads in battle. And so even before you are attacked by an enemy, at times of peace like now, take some time to recall some of the times when God protected you 
because that would be so important. In fact, in Philippians, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Why thanksgiving? Because thanksgiving reminds us that God has always been helping us and protecting us. And when you remember that, it gives you great confidence. Now, what does the psalmist pray for? He prays that the, the enemy's works will be will backfire. Let the mischief of their lips overwhelm them. Basically, let the slander hit, come back and hit them. One of the prayers then that the psalmist called God for, the psalmist was not just totally peace-loving, saying, oh, never mind. But he was deeply hurt. And so he prays, God, whatever plots they have, turn it back against their heads. Let it overwhelm them. But then he also, and then he also prays, let burning coals fall upon them. Let burning coals burn them up. He is angry indeed. It's all right to be angry. It's all right to feel very hurt and to ask God to vindicate us, not just by saving us, but by destroying our enemies. So often when I've been so angry with people, I've asked God, God, you hit them, God, you hurt them. God, you take everything that you've thrown at me and throw it back at them. God, they deserve great punishment. And it's all right to pray that way. We don't need to pretend to be saints, to have no anger, to have no indignation. Go ahead and scold and ask God to punish those who hurt you. At the end of the day, though, God's response is rather surprising. And it's not found in this psalm. But you know when the psalmist says, God, let burning coals fall upon them. And God has a response about burning coals. In Romans chapter... Let me see. Huh? In Romans chapter 12, verse 19 to 21... Paul writes, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Paul was actually quoting from Proverbs chapter uh, chapter 25, uh, which says the same thing in verse 21, 22. Proverbs says, If your enemy is hungry, let give him bread to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. But what Romans passage says then is that, first of all, vengeance belongs to the Lord. And so as the psalmist prays, God give vengeance there is a confidence that God will take charge of it. When we are hurt by others and threatened by others, it is all right, it is important that we pray. It is important that we ask God for mercy to help us. It is important even, to, rem to especially to remember what God has done, but it is all right even to ask God to take revenge, take vengeance upon our enemies. But God's ways are, far higher than ours. And God's solution to destroying our enemy 
is a very revolutionary solution. It is not for us then to lift our hand to hurt our enemies, to take revenge, to kill our enemies. Rather, God says, the way to destroy your enemy is to exchange good for evil. When your enemy has hurt you, give him back what is a blessing to him. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For so, by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Return good for the evil that your enemy does for you. And in that way, you will remove your enemy. Because your enemy may well be your friend. But what's most important then is to cast it to God first. Do not take things into your own hands, but to trust that God knows what he is doing, because he is your God. Let us pray. Father, it's a very difficult lesson for today. And yet, Lord, first teach us to run to you the moment we are hurt, the moment we are threatened. Teach us, Lord, how to run to you and to know that you are our God, the God who will protect us, the God who will cover our heads in time of battle. And the God and God to whom vengeance belongs. And then, Lord, as we have cast our problems, our fears to you, teach us then to respond to your solutions, your solution to give love to our enemies, to show kindness to those who have hurt us. Because, Father, you guide us, and you tell us in your word that that's the best solution ever. Teach us to trust you, to believe you in this. As we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, do have a very good, blessed week ahead of you. Thank you for tuning in. God bless. Goodbye.